0: Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jonathan Davis, the voice of University of Texas football and basketball. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Longhorns your first listen of the day. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Longhorns on YouTube for exclusive content And to put a face behind the voice of your favorite podcast, make sure you like us, rate us, review us, give us five stars, anything less than that. I have to believe you're not listening hard enough. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. The March Madness NCAA tournament starts on March 13th, and I know you're looking for a place to host your brackets, to host those office pools, to host those friendly pools and and all of those wagers. Well, I'm telling you, Longhorn Nation, I'm going to runyourpool.com to put my brackets in. I suggest that you do the same. We have a great show for you today. First, we'll be talking about some potential transfer targets. Sark and the Texas football program are still looking to add for the 2022 football season. Longhorns Wire announced five breakout candidates for this season. I'll tell you where I agree and disagree with that and who they are. And Texas got a tough Big 12 conference win against TCU last night in the second to last game in the Irwin Center. We dive into that. But y'all know how we do it on this podcast, Longhorn Nation. Let's get into it. So we're all excited going into the season. And, and a big reason for that is Sark bringing in a top 10 transfer class, uh, in addition to the number five recruiting class in the country. And we know that that top 10 transfer class is headlined by Quinn Ewers, who originally went to Ohio State and decided to come back to the school that he grew up watching, the University of Texas. Longhorns the number one prospect in the 2021 class the golden boy uh, with the mullet potentially the starting quarterback for the Texas Longhorns in the fall this season the number five odds in the country to win the Heisman Trophy and he has not even been announced the starter yet so that tells you the upside that Quinn Ewers has and we are all excited to watch him in the spring in the orange and white game and hopefully under center against Louisiana Monroe in the first game of the season. Secondly, you have Ryan Watts, who also came over from Ohio State. Now, he played um, a lot more than Quinn Ewers did. Quinn Ewers didn't play at Ohio State. Uh, Ryan Watts played in 19 games. Um, he had two interceptions last year, and he comes in right away and has a chance to start opposite um, Deshaun Jamison, probably at their cornerback spot. Uh, so that was a huge get in, in the transfer portal. They needed to make some additions outside of, um, you know, true freshmen coming in on the defensive backfield. You have Jaleel Billingsley coming over from Alabama, um, freaky athletic tight end. Um, Didn't really live up to his potential at Alabama, but he was coached by Sark. And I think that familiarity coming in, having a chance to to be the de facto starting tight end. um, And and with all the weapons around him, I think that's going to open up opportunities uh, for Jaleel Billingsley. So I look for him to have a great year, especially if Quinn Ewers is under center. And i talked about the talent around Jaleel Billingsley and, and one of those players being Isaiah Nair coming from Wyoming. Um, 878 yards last year, 12 touchdowns. Their offense only threw the ball 35% of the time. So he's going to have way more opportunities for targets, uh, yards, and touchdowns this season with the Texas football program. Originally committed to Tennessee and then made the right decision by coming to the real UT um, and flipping his commitment to the University of Texas. So a strong transfer class already, but now we're looking to add four more transfers. And the good thing for you to hear is that they're all on the defensive side, Longhorn Nation. That's where we're, you know, looking to get the most help. And and they have four really strong transfers that I think, you know, they might not get all of them, but each one of them can come in and make an immediate impact on this defense and elevate the ceiling of this football team. So we're going to start first with O'Shawn Mathis, an edge from TCU. Now, Texas, you know, kind of has a one-up in the recruiting for him because he was coached under Gary Patterson in his time at TCU. So Gary Patterson, a special assistant to the head coach at Texas, also assisting Pete Krakowski with the defense um is already familiar with O'Shawn Mathis. And, and I think that would be a great fit. He comes in right away as a veteran edge, somebody who can stop the run and has shown um, an elite tendency to get to the passer. He had uh, eight sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss in 2020 and in 2021, four tackles for loss and two sacks. So once again, the production is there. He has narrowed it down to five schools at this point, USC. Texas, Ole Miss, Penn State, and Nebraska. Um, so, you know, we've seen Lincoln Riley. He's kind of raided the transfer portal. He's, he's taking everybody's players, including OU. The, the OU fans are are sad. They're mad. And, and so, Lincoln Riley, don't do it to Texas one more time. You know, let us have uh, O'Shawn Matthews. But I think he comes in right away, um, you know, next to Alfred Collins and some of those other players on the D-line. The D-line was just underwhelming last year. And so, if you can get a player um, of his size, his skill set, his athleticism to come in, um, that veteran edge, I think he's an impact player uh, right away. And and that instantly makes that defensive line better, which contributes to every other unit on the defense. Another target they're looking at is at the linebacker spot. And this would create really um, an intense battle. We already have the battle between Luke Rockermeyer and Jalen Ford on who's going to play in the middle um, next to De- Demarvian Overshawn, Agent Zero. Um, and and I think that's already going to be a tough battle. I you know said on the podcast yesterday, I think Jalen Ford will break through I think he'll be the starting middle linebacker. Um, but if you have a player like D. Ricky Wright, who's coming in from Vanderbilt, um, that, that only intensifies uh, that competition. So like DeMarvian Overson, he's a linebacker, safety hybrid. Um, he's 6'4", 230. So he's got great size and can really play both positions. He can rush the passer um, with his size and his speed, but also he can drop into coverage and cover um, down the field. I told you he's kind of a safety linebacker hybrid so if you have a player that comes in likes that like that with the experience that he has um uh, that, that's going to be tough you know it, it just gives you a lot of versatility but for players like Luke Brockermeyer and, and Jalen Ford it, it only adds some some fuel to the fire and, and it makes that competition um even tougher but you know the the Texas the Longhorns football program you know we're, we have a, a set standard and it's about putting the best players on the field and so if you can get a player of D Ricky Wright's caliber to come in and compete with those guys uh, you you're going to ensure you know that you're going to have the two or three best linebackers on the field i really like what he was able to do at vanderbilt now he has a relationship with jeff banks as well jeff banks the assistant head coach uh tight ends coach and special teams coordinator he was at alabama with sark um and d ricky wright originally committed to alabama before flipping to vanderbilt but like i said 6'4 230 can play some safety for you which is a hole for us as well can play some linebacker rush the passer stop the run and drop into coverage. I think he's an all uh world linebacker. And, and I think uh, in you know Pete Krakowski and, and Gary Patterson's system, he can come in right away uh, next to uh, Jalen Ford or uh you know Agent Zero, however they decide to deploy the linebackers and really improve this defense, which was a hundredth ranked in the country last year and gave up 31 points a game. Moving on, maybe my favorite on the list. I you know, I do want Oshawn Mathis for sure. Um, just because we only had 20 sacks, could not get pressure on the quarterback. But I think he comes in right away and helps fix that. But you're looking at player, Darius Joyner, the safety from Western Illinois. And when I tell you his stats from last season, they jump off the page. So Texas lost their two starting safeties from last season and B.J. Foster and Brendan Schooler. B.J. Foster transferring out of the program. Brendan Schooler graduating. Um, neither one was, was great, but they still brought a lot of experience uh, to the Texas football team, similarly to Josh Thompson, um, cornerback. So Darius Joyner last year. This is not his career stats. These are his last year stats at Western Illinois. 142 tackles, seven tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, one forced fumble, one interception, and five pass deflections. Once again, 142 tackles and seven tackles for loss from the safety position. I don't care if it was at Western Illinois, wherever 142 tackles that shows he has an elite tendency to get to the ball and be around the ball. And I think if he comes in at the university of Texas, he probably slides into one of those starting safety spots already. Um, and, and you just have a playmaker like that. Like I said, I don't care what level it was on 142 tackles that shows that he's going to be around the ball uh, next to the ball, you know, stopping the offense from getting the ball, uh, playing safety, 142 tackles. He definitely could come at, uh, come down and play in the box and, and help those linebackers stop the run. So um I think this is a player that, that Texas really needs to get. He's probably not number one on their, their list right now. Uh, but if he comes in and he's going to have a, a huge impact on that pass defense that was 62nd in the country. And then, you know, being able to come down and help them in the run as well. He's just a playmaker all over the field. And uh, I, I, you know, like I said, O'Shawn Mathis is probably the number one target. But if we don't get Darius Joyner at safety, I would be really disappointed. I just have to say this once again, 142 tackles, not in his career last year. He's a hell of a playmaker. And then last but not least, another uh, person in the transfer portal coming out of TCU, Kari Coleman, the D lineman from TCU. He's a little undersized at 221 pounds, had a lot of injuries last season, Um, didn't play. But once again, it just showed um, an elite knack of getting to the passer. Uh, 2020, he had 15 tackles for loss, getting in the backfield and then three sacks. And so um, that 15 tackles for loss in 2020 was seventh in the country. Um, so it shows you what he can do on the D-line. You maybe slide him next to, to Alfred Collins. If you can get O'Shawn Mathis, you know, maybe they're a patch, package deal coming over from TCU. He was coached under Gary Patterson as well. Um, Kari Coleman. So you, you put them in the middle to, to stuff the run, occupy blocks, and you allow, um, you know, those linebackers, hopefully D. Ricky Wright, Jalen Ford, Luke Brockermeyer, and Agent Zero uh, to just be able to freely move around and, and make plays and not have to worry too much about shedding blocks. And so I think these are four huge, transfer targets that they're looking to bring in. All four could come in immediately and and have a huge impact on this defense. And I think even if they only get one or two of them, uh, you're going to see a much improved, a much hungrier, and a much more sound uh, Texas Longhorns defensive unit in 2022. March Madness is only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks, all stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees, or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. All right, Longhorn Nation. So Longhorns Wire has announced five Longhorns. They're looking to have uh, a breakout season this year in the fall. A few of these players I talked about yesterday on the podcast, saying that I was, um, these were players I was most excited to watch coming up in the spring. So it felt good for me. It felt a little validating to see some of these players on the list um, because these are players that I think uh, will have breakout seasons as well. Um, number one on their list was Roshan Johnson. We saw what he was able to do. Um, when B. John Robinson got hurt um, towards the end of the year, you know, probably just, you know, with Texas not going anywhere, um, took some time off. I'm sure he could have played. But um, we saw and we also saw what he was able to do, just kind of spelling Bijan John Robinson. But it really kind of was capped off at the end of the uh, season when they ended the six game winning streak, uh, beat Kansas State. And we saw him in the wildcat a lot with 179 yards and a touchdown. And I think, you know, I've talked about on the podcast yesterday how Sark is going to have to find a way. Uh, to utilize him and make sure that he's a player that defenses across uh, from the burnt orange and white have to game plan for when you got the receivers on the outside um, like jordan whittington who we'll talk about in a little bit isaiah nair and xavier worthy jaleel billingsley Bijan robinson that's already going to give uh, a defense's headaches trying to figure out how to um, game plan and stop all of them and so if you have to bring in a player like roshan johnson um, who I think could start on the majority of the teams in the country, who could be one of the best running backs in the country. Um, you have to game plan for him in addition to that power um, run game with B. John Robinson. And you bring in Roshan Johnson um, with that elite speed and quickness. I definitely look for him to have a breakout season um, and, and be part of a, a really a three-headed monster because you have Keelan Robinson at running back too. Uh, but, you know, Sark, like I said, has shown a pedigree to be able to get uh, players, um, the football And and I think he'll do that a lot with Roshan Johnson this year. So I wholeheartedly agree in him being a breakout candidate, uh, somebody the the Longhorn fans, if if you haven't heard a lot about him, um, I'm sure you have. But, you know, definitely he'll get a lot more uh, uh, touches this year. And and, uh, once again, like I said, he's going to have to be somebody that defenses have to game plan for. And if they are, um, in addition to everybody we already have, that only uh, bodes well for Texas Longhorns football at the 40 acres. Moving on, Jalen Ford. I think he's going to have a breakout season. Um, Now, this depends, like I said, in the last segment, if we're able to get D. Ricky Wright coming over from Vanderbilt. But um, I talked yesterday, he's one of the players I'm most excited to watch in the spring. So I'm two for two so far on the list. On my five, I was most excited to watch in their five breakout candidates. Um, But yeah, I think he comes in right away. I think he's going to take Luke Brockermeyer's spot. Like I said, just Luke Brockermeyer, um, you know, he's good. But uh, on the playmaking side he, he leaves uh, something to be desired and I thought Jalen Ford in his limited time last year uh, came right in and, and and made some special plays made some special stops and so the key is just the consistency you know we've seen a lot of players come in and and, and in limited time limited action um, they can make spot plays they jump off your screen they're explosive but then um, you know when you, when you put them in that full-time starter role uh, they kind of take a dip and so that's really the only question mark for me with Jalen Ford he has all the physical tools to be a great linebacker and I think when you have uh, players in front of him that are going to take the next step when you have DeMarvy and Overshawn next to him uh, that are going to take the next step you got Gary Patterson coming over so he's going to get some different coaching next to to Pete Kukowski um, I, I think he comes right in um, and takes that middle linebacker spot and and has a, a breakout year for sure and so I definitely agree with Longhorns Wire on this one he's gonna be next to DeMarvy and Overshawn, who's getting more comfortable with the linebacker position he's going to be a lot better this year um so this really bodes well for the Texas defensive. Jalen Ford can come in and continue to build off the playmaking um, instincts and, and plays that he made last year. Moving on, one of my favorite players on the te- Texas Longhorns football team. Um, he was not on my five players I'm most excited to watch, but I am excited to watch him. Jordan Whittington, um, a player we've all seen. Um, just some of the tough catches he's made and the playmaking ability. Uh, but the only thing that's kind of hampered him is the injuries. He just hasn't um, been able to to play a lot of games 13 games over the last two seasons is what he has played for the texas longhorns um but we just talked about kind of the offense like the offensive players that you have around him and, and I, it'll be interesting to see when they're in three receiver sets who gets the majority of the time in the slot with xavier worthy isaiah Nair, and, and jordan winnington but if he can stay healthy stay on the field for the majority of the year and you have to uh account for all three of those receivers. You know, people are saying these are probably the, the, this is probably the best set of receivers we've had since we had Lil Jordan Humphrey and and Colin Johnson. And I definitely would agree with that. Like I said, I think these are all um, three, you know, all world receivers with different skill sets. You know, you got the burner um, and Xavier Worthy, you kind of got the big uh, jump ball player and Isaiah Nayer, uh, big body, big frame. And then I think Jordan Whittington uh, can do a little bit of both, you know, um, and make the tough catches, but also, uh, you know, kind of, get you a speed a little bit too. So uh, I I definitely think Jordan Whittington, I hope he'll have a breakout year if he can stay on the field the entire season for the Texas Longhorns football program. Uh, defenses are going to have long defensive coordinators and those defensive players are going to have long nights and early mornings trying to figure out how to stop this Texas offense, especially uh, with Bijan Robinson, the best running back in the country and Quinn Ewers, uh, a future high round draft pick in the NFL if he's under center. Like I said, just good luck to anybody not wearing burnt orange and white next season. Moving on in the defensive backfield, Jade Barron. So he's been a reserve uh, most of the the time at the 40 acres, most of his time at the 40 acres. But, you know, with there being some huge holes, Josh Thompson leaving uh, for the NFL draft in the defensive backfield, there's really no guaranteed spots, maybe outside of Deshaun Jameson starting at one corner. You do have Ryan Watts with all the experience. I talked about in the last segment coming over from Ohio State. I think that he's probably the favorite to get that other starting cornerback spot. Um, and then you have players like Jalen Gilboo and, and uh, Terrence Brooks coming in, four star corners who have you know really good pedigree, really good size, really good instincts, um, good in both man and coverage coming out of this number five recruiting class in the nation. So it's gonna be tough um, to, to get some playing time in that defensive backfield. But I do think Jade Beren can continue to come in and make plays. I don't know if he'll be a starter, Longhorns wire seems to think so um, that he's going to be a breakout candidate this year. I, I think some of the other players might be favored over him a little bit, but they all have the opportunity It's wide open right now. They all have the opportunity to go into spring ball, uh, you know, go into uh, the orange and white game <clears throat> and really prove themselves this season. So I, I you know, Jaden Barron, I'm not sure if he'll have uh, a breakout season. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think there's some other players in front of him that may be more talented But if he does, it only bodes well for the Texas Longhorns football program. And then last on their list, I'm not even going to talk about him a lot. I talk about him all the time on the podcast, and I do think he'll have a breakout season. The Heisman rankings seem to think so. He's number five in them, and he has not even been announced the starter yet, and that is Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers. And I definitely think he's going to have a breakout season. Once again, he just elevates the ceiling of your football team. You have a coach in Sark. And then possibly David Cutcliffe joining the staff who have a a vast history of of working with great quarterbacks and and improving, um, you know, their development, improving their skill sets, taking that natural natural talent and honing it into production on the field. And we know that Quinn Ewers has all the talent in the world. Um, So, you know, I definitely think you have a breakout season and you just look at all the players around him and you have so many options like that. Somebody's always going to be open or, you know, somebody you all have so many playmakers in the backfield at tight end I haven't even talked about Jatavian Sanders who was the number six number one athlete in the 2021 class uh, number 16 overall prospect spent most of his time with the tight ends so I mean you got a, a player with Quinn Ewers caliber Quinn Ewers talent and then you know he's able to come in right away and, and play with so much talent around him it's hard to believe that he won't uh, have a breakout season so um, largely agree with with Longhorn's Wires list um, definitely some players that that I think Uh, we'll have breakout seasons and it's going to be key for the texas longhorns to compete for a big 12 championship if these players have breakout seasons at the 40 acres football might be over for this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Longhorn Nation, I had to get some water there. The cat got my tongue towards the middle of that segment. I don't know if I'm talking too fast or talking too loud or what's going on. But uh, TCU uh, came into the Irwin Center last night to face off against the Texas Longhorns, who haven't played great as of late, coming off the tough loss to Texas Tech. And, you know, it it looked like Texas. I was in the building last night. First off, I just want to say it it was a blessing to see one of the final games in the Irwin Center. um, And the, the crowd was electric. TCU um started off hot. They they really couldn't miss. I talked on a podcast yesterday that they Texas had to make them a jump shooting team. Well, they did. <laughs> TCU made jump shots, you know. And so um, when you decide to live and die by something, you know, especially on the defensive end, if you say we're gonna give them uh the, the jump shot and they make the jump shot, you just gotta walk to, to half court at the end of the game and, and say congratulations. But uh TCU uh, was able to take a 10-point lead at a five-point lead at halftime, got it all the way up to 10 in the second half before Texas outscored them by 19 points for the remainder of the game. Um, So it just showed great resilience. Um, Didn't panic when they got down. And I thought it was really key. I was at the game and I was kind of saying in my head, um, you know, it's at 10 right now. Now this game could go either way. I think if TCU gets it up to 12, 13 on the next possession, I think that Texas loses this game. But, you know, they were able to get a stop and then come down and get a three-point play. And then it went from 10 to 7. And, you know, then it went from seven to four. They got another three-point play. They were able to get it close, tie it, and then ultimately take the lead. And then just the the free throws at the end, you know, TCU couldn't get enough stops, couldn't defend without fouling. And and that's how Texas was able to get the win. So we had one player in double figures in our last game, which was Andrew Jones. He had 20, um, and nobody else was in double figures. A big reason uh, why we lost to Texas Tech. This game, Timmy Allen had 17. um, Christian Bishop had 10. Marcus Carr had 19, a great bounce back game from him and Timmy Allen with the 17. And then Andrew Jones, the leading scorer, which has been the theme uh, really in our last four or five games with 21 points. If you look at it, those four players alone scored 67 points combined. TCU scored 66. So those four players alone outscored the entire um, TCU basketball team. And they really didn't have much outside of Mike Miles, uh, who's just a great player. I love his game. He really reminds me a lot. He's not D-Wade. Uh, but I think he has a lot of D-weight in him and just his fearlessness and getting to the basket and, and finishing um, around the cup. But the Texas Longhorns were, were just too much uh, for TCU, especially in that second half where they outscored them by 14 points. They shot, they made 24 free throws um, compared to eight free throws for TCU. That's a big advantage by 16. And um, I thought the biggest key was they only shot 11 free throws, uh, but they shot you know, uh, 25 uh, against West Virginia. So they cut their free throws in half and didn't allow them to get easy buckets. And I talked about like TCU really likes to get in the paint. They were able to do that, uh, but they weren't able to get to the free throw line and and get those easy buckets. So in the second half, when those same shots weren't falling um, and and Texas was consistently getting to the free throw line, that's where the, you know, it kind of equalized out. Um, I talked about how TCU is a a better rebounding team than Texas. And so Texas did a good job in winning the rebounding battle last night, um, 30 to 28 or Christian Bishop and Timmy Allen both combined. Well, they combined for 14 rebounds. They both had seven. And so I thought that was huge. Once again, we're missing Trey Mitchell, we're missing size down low. Um, So to compete with TCU the way they did on the offensive and defensive glass was a big reason that they were able to win this game by nine points. And then, of course, we know when Texas is at their best, um, they're getting turnovers, running out on the break, um, you know, forcing contact at the rim, getting those and ones and just really putting pressure on the defense that way. You know, Um, sometimes in the half court, things can be a struggle. But they were able to win the turnover battle 17 to 8. Um, so they won by 9. You know, they won the turnover by ba- turnover battle by 9. And then they won the points battle by 9. So you have to believe that those turnovers were a big reason that they were able to get the win uh, last night. And I just want to say, you know, I, if I'm going to come out here and criticize Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen the way I did on Monday, then I have to give them all the props in the world. I thought Marcus Carr was more aggressive in that second half. Getting to his left hand, um, you know, getting to the basket, he made a couple tough, Um, you know, kind of layups with his left hand from the left side of the court. And then also um, he has a really good, you know, step back jumper, kind of stop on a dime, turn around and and make that jumper. And I think those are his two key shots, which he was able uh, to get to yesterday. And then Timmy Allen um, was really a beast around the rim. And then um, he was able to get into his mid-range spots um, as well. So a great win uh, for Texas. Once again, it was a blessing uh, to see the second to the last game in the Irwin Center. And I'm looking uh, for them to build on this against West Virginia, Baylor, and Kansas to close out Big 12 Conference play. Longhorn Nation, thank you once again uh, for rocking with me. The voice of University of Texas football and basketball, Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Until tomorrow, peace.